Chapter 16, Baby Kevin's Birthday. I was scheduled to be induced the morning of Thursday, May 10th, 2012. I got about four hours of sleep the night before. I woke up at 5 a.m., said a heartfelt prayer, and then took a shower. I had been so tired throughout the week that I hadn't showered since Sunday. I couldn't remember the last time I'd gone so long between showers. I wanted a normal morning with the children, so we had our usual family scripture study and prayer. We left for the hospital just after seven. We traded cars with my parents so my mom could use our Suburban to pick up all the children from school. When we went out that morning to get in their van, the battery was dead. After the week we'd had, we weren't the least bit surprised and joked that we would have been more surprised if it had started. We checked into labor and delivery at the University of Utah Hospital. I changed into one of the new cute hospital gowns I'd bought. The nurse hooked me up to the antibiotic for strep B and against my better judgment, Pitocin. I hadn't needed Pitocin with most of my babies. The antibiotic took two hours to be released into my system and then another two hours to take effect. Kevin and I passed the time reading well wishes on Facebook and Kevin read the book Unbroken to me. As the minutes ticked by, my contractions started getting really uncomfortable. I asked the nurse to check me, but she put me off for half an hour. When I arrived at the hospital, I was dilated at a three plus. Then at noon, when they finally checked me, I was at an eight. Five minutes later, I was at a nine. At that point, I knew it was too late for an epidural. I was so angry with the nurses for not listening to me when I told them I didn't need Pitocin. I finally demanded that they shut it off. We had no cell service and the landline wasn't working. So Kevin ran outside to call Heather, our birth photographer. I knew there was no way she could get there in time. She knew it too. The little bit of a plan we had for the timing of things went right out the window. I felt frantic, but also somehow calm at the thought of having the baby natural. Something inside me was telling me I could do it. I had about a two minute break between contractions, something I'd never had with Dakota's natural birth, and that helped me refocus. A wonderful nurse pushed on my knees just right, which really helped with the back pain and pressure. I could hear Kevin telling me over and over, you have to breathe, Beck. As I gripped the handles of the hospital bed through the contractions, I tried harder to breathe. I had my wits about me and felt somewhat in control, something I didn't have with Dakota, so I was grateful for that. I only pushed twice and he was out. Kevin David Beck Jr. was born at 12.26 p.m., he was alive. The doctor knew immediately that he did in fact have trisomy 13. The moment I saw him, I knew it too. His facial features were clear indicators. He cried. He cried for at least 10 minutes as I held him close. I'm so grateful Kevin recorded some of it. It was the sweetest little cry and so helpless. I kept trying to quiet him, but I don't think he wanted to be quieted. I think he was letting us all know he'd made it. And I wonder if he wasn't just as sad to leave us as we were to have him go. While I wasn't surprised at the diagnosis, I was incredibly sad that he was so sick. I had faith that things would be better right up to the minute he was born. Jackson, my dad, and Kevin's dad arrived at the hospital in time to give baby Kevin a name and a blessing. Kevin gave our son a beautiful blessing. While receiving his name and blessing was not a saving ordinance for him, it was special to us for Kevin to be able to bless our son. 
We didn't have him baptized because our faith teaches that baptism isn't necessary for children under eight, as they are all saved through Christ. Jackson brought a little hat he crocheted for baby Kevin in one of his art classes at school. He was the only one of our children who got to hold his brother while he was still alive. It was sweet to witness him love on his little brother and participate in his blessing. My mom scrambled to pick up all the children from their three different schools. Had we known things would go so quickly, we would have brought them up sooner. I was worried about how they would react to their brother's face. I thought maybe if he had a bath and I put him in his baby clothes, it might help. I was pretty sure he was still breathing, barely, when I handed him over to the nurse for his bath, but it was hard to tell. I worried he passed away at some point during the bath because when the nurse returned him to me, he felt different. I was heartbroken. What in the world was I thinking letting the nurse bathe him? Of course that would be too much for him to handle, but I wasn't thinking. I was in some strange place in my head I'd never been before. I wanted to do all the right things, but wasn't sure what those things were. We checked for a heartbeat, but there was none. I was devastated. Our guess is that he lived just over an hour. Shortly after he passed, the rest of the children arrived, some with tear-stained faces, but all of them excited to meet baby Kevin. It was hard to watch them get more and more emotional as time went on, but they loved being able to hold their baby brother. They didn't care how he looked or what he was wearing. They just loved him with their whole hearts. Our photographer arrived shortly before the children and captured so many beautiful moments. I am so grateful I thought to hire a birth photographer. I did some research to find one who I felt comfortable sharing such a sacred event with our family. She was so respectful. And most of the time, I didn't even notice she was there. Kevin asked my dad to give a family prayer. In addition to our children and our fathers, my best friend Marcy, our mothers, and Kevin's brother and sister were there as well. Dad gave a beautiful prayer. We felt heaven near in that hospital room, and I've wondered if there weren't other family members from heaven who were also there, supporting and comforting us. After the prayer, we brought out the birthday cake we had for baby Kevin. It had 10 candles, one for each member of our family. Janie had been struggling, but perked right up when she saw the candles. After several attempts to light them, Marcy pulled out a nail file and that did the trick. We gathered around the little hospital bed for family pictures, me in my hospital gown, the babies with bedheads from being woken up from their naps, puffy faces from crying. None of that mattered though. Our baby had made it and the few minutes we all had together were priceless. After things settled down and everyone went home, Kevin and I had time to talk and hold our son. It was hard knowing it was only his body but a comfort knowing his spirit was alive and well. He was, he was just too perfect for this life. As I held my little Kevin with both of us, snuggled up to my big Kevin, it seemed to get harder the longer we had him. So at around 8.30 p.m., we sent him to the morgue. Kevin and I talked about our feelings. I regretted not being able to talk to baby Kevin while he was alive. There were things I wanted to tell him, but there was so much going on and always other people around. Kevin was feeling guilt. I felt so bad about that as he had nothing to feel guilty about. I worried about Kevin. All his energy was focused on me and the children and making sure we were okay. I was the center of all the support from family and friends, and I wondered if he was getting the support he needed. End of chapter 16.
A few things I wanted to elaborate on about this chapter is one thing was there came a time where I didn't know if Kevin was going to make it back in the delivery room um, in time for me to deliver this baby. It really was just crazy the way everything was happening with not being able to communicate because our cell phones had no service, our the, the landline had no service, and everything moved so much faster than it had with my other deliveries. And so I had a little element of fear there, but somehow I just kept feeling peace. Like I didn't really think about it at the time, but in looking back, I really do believe I was surrounded by angels. I had three grandmothers who had passed away who I was very close to. And I just, I, I really can't help but think that they, they were able to be there with me. Um, my friend Marcy, we didn't plan to have her come be at the hospital. She, everybody thought I would be there for the better part of the day, just because that's the way all my deliveries have gone. And so she was just running up there to say hi, give me a gift. But what she didn't realize was that I had already had the baby and um, it was actually really special. She's been there for me for every hard thing in my life. We've been friends since the fourth grade. I was there for her when um, she um, delivered her little trisomy 18 baby girl uh, at just 16 or 17 weeks. And I mean, just so many things that we have experience together. So I was so grateful that it turned out that she could be there when we were all there together as a family. I mentioned that our birth photographer um, was late, but yet we still have all these pictures because this nurse came in and said, hey, I'm actually a photographer. Would you like me to take some photos until your photographer gets here? And so I don't know who she was and I it was so crazy that I didn't think to get her name I didn't even think afterwards to you know weeks later to try and figure out who she was it wasn't till much later that I realized what a gift that was that she came in and she photographed so so many special moments that our photographer wasn't able to to get because um, she got up there after the delivery. So, um, you know, little, little blessings that things that I didn't foresee and know to plan, but you know, my heavenly father was in the details of it and saw that things happened that he knew were important to me. 